0: welcome to the casting across fly fishing podcast i'm matthew of castingacross.com where i explore the quarry and culture of fly fishing today we're going to go back into the archives of castingacross.com and do something actually a little bit different i want to go over two different articles that i actually took the time to kind of sync together and uh, combine into one because they both deal with my very first trip out west. I was born in Illinois, but then I spent most of my formative years, and especially my formative fly fishing years, in Northern Virginia. And so, when I got out west for the very first time, my eyes were open. So, there's no name for this article because it is a combination of two articles. Those articles being Go West Young Fisherman and uh, The Western Wanderlust of an Eastern Fly Fisher. So, this is the combination of those two articles. Like most teenagers, I had a number of posters up in my room. Along with Michael Jordan soaring towards a slam dunk and the Nirvana smiley face, I had one from Sage Fly Rods. In lighting conditions that emulated sepia tones, an angler stood on the banks of a winding river. The water wove through a meadow as massive mountain peaks rose up in the background. Lying in bed at night, imagining myself in that scene was just as fantastical as being able to dunk a basketball. Living in the east, accessing big remote wild water is the exception. There are rivers that meet two or even all three of those qualifiers, but they are a precious few. Out west, the list of rivers that fit this bill is endless. At least, that is the way it seems to a young man used to mountain creeks and slow, warm-water rivers. It wasn't a big destination trip that finally took me out west. My then-girlfriend's, soon-to-be fiancé's, now-wife's, family lives in Greeley, Colorado. They saw the aforementioned progression coming into focus, so off we went so I could visit the hinterland. And I was given permission to bring a fly rod. We spent a few days up in Estes Park. The picturesque village of Estes sits on the eponymously named Lake, an impoundment of the Big Thompson River, and is surrounded by the summits of the Rocky Mountain National Park. To the west lies the continental divide, with countless valleys, ridges, and meadows in between. Creeks of various sizes crisscross the landscape. Some tumble down quickly, steep mountainsides, creating fast-moving plunge pools. Others slowly meander through the grassy fields, splitting and rejoining themselves in a complex braided stream system. Fishing the headwaters of the Big Thompson and the Moraine Meadow was last minute, thrown together, and a little bit hurried. This wasn't a fishing trip after all, and although the river wasn't big, wild, and remote like my sage poster had built all western water in my mind up to be, it was very memorable. I can clearly remember my very first cast fly fishing out west. It came shortly after I pulled off the side of the road on Colorado's Route 34 along the Big Thompson River. Coming from the plains and foothills outside of Loveland, I also began my first ascent into the Rocky Mountains. Every mile I drove, every step I took, I was going farther west than I had ever gone before. And this river, this scenery, wasn't like anything I'd ever seen before. Nearly all of my trout fishing in and around my home in northern Virginia was small. Small mountain brook trout streams, small spring creeks, the valleys and river currents were gentle, I was used to being able to cast, and sometimes even hop, across the entire creek. The water I approached off that Colorado highway was bigger than nearly every river I'd fished in the mid-Atlantic. It was like seven or eight of the high-gradient streams I was used to fishing stacked side by side. All the while, the water was moving faster and plunging deeper. There was an instinctive knowledge of where to cast, but that didn't completely mitigate the overwhelming sense of fishing somewhere big. The mountains towered on either side of me, with others in the backdrop that were inconceivably tall to someone accustomed to the Blue Ridge. Birds and their songs were different. The foliage was similar, but still different. Standing on the bank, looking into my fly box, I wondered if the trout would know that my elk hair caddis was a different elk hair caddis, an eastern interloper, not fit for consumption. An angler takes in the entirety of the experience, either deliberately or subconsciously, every time he or she steps into the nature. The first time in a foreign environment, those observations can range from novel to distracting. Ragged crags and elk herds are new sights for an eastern fly fisherman. But it only takes one dimple on the creek surface to rapidly snap the attention and focus back to the central purpose of being outside. It's happened before, and it's happened since. I began to fish before I really started fishing. My mind wasn't in it. It was taking in everything that was around me. A cast of some slack water behind a big eddy produced an aggressive strike. A golden red flash took my dry fly. Startled, my hook set was slow and all I felt was slack line. Throughout my time fly fishing, I feel like I've identified some of the distractions that keep me from being the best angler I can be. Gear and tactics are rarely the issue. I'm no expert, but I'm pretty good at reading and interpreting water. But when I come to a new river, there are some issues that pop up. I wonder if I'm even in the right place. I'm easily sidetracked by unfamiliar surroundings. I second-guess the decision to even try something new. 1,700 miles of distance can amplify those feelings, and I suppose I can't rule out 7,000 feet of elevation change either. But trout or trout. The distinctions between brook, brown, rainbow, cutthroat, and any other species or strain really are minimized in small creeks. Opportunistic fish rise to dries and big fish chase streamers. Flies are flies. The buggier the better for these fish in both dries and streamers. Time on foreign streams, in the meadows or canyons, begins to homogenize with experiences back home in a good way. The dissimilarity is there when contemplated but the casts and strikes don't always allow for measured contemplation. Afterwards is when the sweeping grandeur of the vista, the same but different scratches from streamside vegetation and nuances of the fight with the fish, crystallize. Marveling at the mystique and grandeur of western fly fishing is a pretty common complex among eastern fly fishers that have never made the trip. The region of big, trout-filled rivers that cross all of these square-shaped states west of the Mississippi is perceived as an angling Valhalla, Three out of the four magazine articles, and at least that many fly rod advertisements, feature these expansive landscapes and heavy fish. It's a lot to take in, but there's nothing like a missed fish on a first cast to snap you back to reality. My focus became laser refined, and I started making cast after cast to the same spot in the same pool. That strategy may very well have been just as ineffective as being paralyzed by the landscape, but the trout was drawing me to where I should be looking at pools, concentrating on seams, positioning the cast, fly placement, and myself to systematically work across and up the river. Simply being out west wasn't going to yield dozens of fat rainbows and cutthroats. I had to put in as much effort and energy into hunting trout in Colorado as I did in Virginia, but not necessarily more. You read about approaching big rivers and mentally breaking them up into smaller, quote, rivers, Your experience of fishing unrelated streams where you live confirms the reality that pursuing trout in disparate waters isn't like reinventing the wheel. I had to fish for trout for the sake of fishing for trout first, if I wanted to catch a fish. Then I could revel in all the superlatives of being out west. That first day, I think I exclusively caught brook trout. How ironic is that? This non-native, some would say invasive, char also blended and synced my first western fishing experience with what I knew from home. I ended up catching some nice trout. Healthy, hard-fighting rainbows, feisty and familiar brook trout. Again, something I was accustomed to, if not slightly disappointed at encountering there. No cutthroats. Well, I'm pretty sure that first fish I missed was a cutthroat. There was so much more gold in that flashy eyes. what else could it have been? I'd have to save that triumph for the next trip even now I can't say I've fallen in love with Western fishing. I haven't done it enough to get to the point of saying that that's where we are in our relationship. You could say that I'm still in the infatuation stage. Those majestic landscapes, famed hatches, and all the fly fishing culture are fascinating. I've been back and I'd go again in a heartbeat. Montana, Wyoming, Colorado. Floating down some long river for a few days while fly fishing for fat trout sounds amazing. But even then, I wouldn't consider the infatuation unhealthy. I'm supremely content with my home streams. A lot of my wanderlust is focused on the water and fish that I might be missing right under my nose. The sprawling west is alluring, but not in the sense that I'm willing to forsake or disparage my brook trout and their rhododendron-covered homes. Having a present contentment coupled with an intermittent longing for exploration might be the best way to live. Being happy with normal, yet not falling into a rut, finding joy in the familiar, all the while not losing the benefit of broader experiences. I've not perfected that balance in every area of my life, but I think I'm there with my fly fishing. And if I'm not there, then I'm only a short cast away from it. Fly fishing somewhere new isn't about doing something new. It's really more about experiencing the broader spectrum of the passion that we have for nature in our quarry, The poster in our room, the pictures on social media, and the presentations at angling shows aren't selling a new product, they're unfolding pages of the map that lay just outside of our personal borders. To us, those waters are essentially uncharted territory. Instead of a compass and a sextant, our fly rod and box of flies take us where we need to go. And for every one of us that fish, there are always more places that need to be mapped. So since I wrote those pieces, I have been back to Colorado. I have caught my cut through it. I have experienced more of Western fly fishing, and I have to say that I enjoy it more now than I did the last time I went, and I look forward to going back more now than I did before my previous trip. There's just something about experiencing, again, those same fish in a slightly different way, and adding to that the different species and just the beauty of, of, of a whole nother type of fish um, really did something special. I know they were just small cutthroat, whether they were greenbacks or not. I know there's a lot of uh, folks that would argue exactly what kind of fish I caught, but being able to actually touch some fish that I would never seen before, this high remote place that took miles and miles of walking to get to, really did something to me and changed my perspective on western fly fishing. But again, that wasn't a fly fishing trip. That was another family trip. This time I got to share it with my kids, which was really exciting. We spent uh, a week basically up in Rocky Mountain National Park, crisscrossing uh, the entire place, seeing all sorts of water from large rivers to high mountain lakes to streams that looked fishier than last. So it's absolutely something that I'm continuing to grow in, that my fly fishing journey is continuing to uh, move forward. But I can still confidently say what I said when I wrote that article, which is there's still so much to see back here east. Um, There's still so much to see just in my little corner of New England. And so although I'm excited to try... um, Estes Park out more, to try Rocky Mountain National Park out more, to try Colorado, try the West out more. Uh, I can't say that uh, I want to give up on the corners of where I live and forsake them for something that uh, is a possibility. So anyway, maybe that's an encouragement to you. Maybe you're in that place where you think that the grass is greener, the water is fishier on the other side of the, uh, of the bridge, but I think that, really, as I've written about and as many other folks have waxed even more eloquently about, you know, if you can't fish with the one you love, fish with the one you're with, or something to that effect. Today's recommendation is actually for a relatively new e-zine, so a magazine that you read on the Internet, and this is actually put out by Tenkara USA. So I know that that is sometimes considered a little bit of a touchy subject for a lot of folks in the fly fishing community but i'm here to tell you that tankara is a type of fly fishing there's no doubt about that Um, it only comprises less than five percent of my fly fishing usually when i'm bringing a rod when my little boys are fishing i'll have a tankara rod because it's one less thing for them to uh, goof around with with the reel and whatnot I'll probably talk about Tenkara sometime in the uh, near future on the podcast and just the role that it plays in fly fishing. But anyway, that being said, Tenkara USA, which is the premier Western Tenkara uh, manufacturer, dealer, company, whatever you want to say, does some great stuff. That's the gear that I use almost exclusively. And this easing called Mountain, it's stylized lowercase M-O-U-N and then capitalized T-E-N. Um, and I'm pretty sure, and I should have done my fat checking, but, uh, that this is tying into Tenkara USA being around for, uh, 10 years when this, uh, is getting put out. So this is a beautifully done, brief, fun, informative little e-zine. Um, only a dozen, 16, 20 pages. I'm flipping through it even as I'm talking, um, fun illustrations, uh, great pictures, articles that are about Tenkara, but they're really about fly fishing. And they're about fly fishing in a different perspective. And at the bare minimum, regardless, again, what you think about Tenkara, what, what fishing this way does is it forces you to think outside the box. And there is not one of us that can't benefit from approaching our fly fishing even if we don't change our flies even if we don't change our gear even if we don't change where we're fishing but thinking about fly fishing from a little bit of a different perspective and reading tankara stuff especially from tankara usa has gotten me thinking about my fly fishing with traditional western tackle in new ways specifically uh, i know a lot of people say this but uh, daniel giardo and tankara usa talk about this a lot um, because it is a tankara Uh, technique, which is using one fly and learning how to fish it well to catch fish. And I've really taken that to heart. And I have seen my Western fly fishing improve dramatically by just focusing on how I'm fishing my fly, not constantly rifling through my fly box, finding the right thing. So definitely go to TenkaraUSA.com. Regardless if you fish Tenkara or not, check out Mountain Read through it, check out the fun pictures and uh, everything they have in it, and then you know, browse around the website, see what else that uh, Tenkara Yosei has to offer you. Thanks for listening to the Casting Across Fly Fishing Podcast. Please subscribe in your favorite podcast app and rate the podcast on iTunes. Then head over to castingacross.com where you'll find more info on this podcast and three posts a week on the people, places, and things that go into the pursuit of fish. In wild places. Tune in to Hunt Stand Presents Saturdays at 8 30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. Spend your Saturdays with Life on the Water. Join Captain Brandon Simmons for fishing, diving, travel, and so much more. You want to succeed, you want to fish, you want to be one of the greatest. Oh, look at that thing, dude. Wow. Oh, <laughs> Let's see what kind of trouble we can get into today. Don't miss Life on the Water every Saturday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment.